a, a slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Fade podcast. <laughs> what? I coughed, man. Okay, I'll start again. I was really unprofessional. <clears throat> All right, I'll start again. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Fade podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. <laughs> and I'm your kicking host, Josh Kerr. Um, what's going on, guys? I, I didn't write an intro. I was going to kind of go off the dome here. Um, you know, we were going to do a bit of a Q&A. We obviously raced last week. Most of you, I'm sure, have watched it uh mixed emotions on both ends for both of us and uh you know i think it's going to be a great insight into you know professional athletes that are moving towards you know the olympic trials and the olympics and, and you guys asked asked us some uh some pretty savage questions and then some pretty insightful questions so we're going to get into that and uh it should be a fun episode and hopefully we get a couple of real real good dave monologues and uh and hopefully no tears so we'll go from there yeah, um, I was actually thinking about like, hmm, have I ever cried on a podcast before? Probably not. Will I today? <laughs> mm, probably not. Um, but yeah, we uh, we structured this as a bonus episode and likelihood is this will be an unedited, explicit, real raw emotion episode where we kind of go into the mental aspect of the sport and kind of what's up uh, and coming because, I mean, the USA Olympic trials are in 100 days. Um, it'll be 99 right. days when this episode's released. Um, and so... Yeah, our hope was to just kind of build a conversation around this episode and and make it casual and make it fun uh, for you guys to listen. However, you guys did submit a ton of questions. And so instead of us telling you um, what we want to tell you, we want to answer your questions and tell you what you want to hear. And that's where we are today. So Josh, here's the biggest question um, for an intro. (laughs) Do we feed the fans the blue pill? which is the positive race analysis first, yeah. or do we feed the fans the red pill, <laughs> the negative race experience? It's a little little like a good news, bad news. This will really determine, are you a good news first, bad news kind of guy? How do you want to do this? To be honest, I'm a bad news guy first. I like perspective. Um, <laughs> but I I think... Yeah, let's 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 let me set the scene and then I'll give like I'll give you your your spotlight here. All right. So just to keep everyone on the same page, we raced last week, uh, last weekend in somewhere in California, close to LA at the Brickyard, I think they called it, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite funny because that's where you ate a ton of pizza before you ran your 800 PB in Albuquerque. Uh, anyway, so we ran in California. We raced in California. We both ran a 1500. We had the whole beast team out there doing our thing. And there was kind of a, an array of different performances, but you know, mostly positive, some not as positive. And uh, the race was won by a hero uh, in 3.35. And then there was a bit of a gap. And then the, the rest of the field kind of came in. So that was that was kind of what happened from my point of view. And, and then? And then? And then there was a guy in last who was walking over the line. Uh, which, which, you know, that's what happens when you sit on me. That's fine. And a guy just before that was my, my guy, David Rubich. Shout out. Didn't get lost. Saw Craig, Craig <laughs> Nowak step, uh, step off with 300 meters to go as I was getting He didn't finish. Him. He didn't finish. Really? So that, that sucked. Cause I was like closing down, kicking away and <laughs> just added another gap to the field. And then I was like, wow, I'm really far behind. Um, yeah. So that's Josh's perspective. My perspective is, um, 
I think I, we got a fan submitted question of how did it feel to have a front row seat to Josh's race? Um, couldn't really see Josh. He's so far ahead. So um, the race, yeah, we both ran three X five in the race. You can decide um, what the, the middle number of that is for the 1500. Sadly, neither of us ran 325. Sadly, or luckily no one ran 355. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Perspective. You wanted it. Um so yeah, let's let's kind of start with uh with you, Josh, and then we can go into a little bit more deep dive, um, deep dive with Dave. Um, and uh, so I like this question submitted because it is on the topic of what we're going to talk about. So Flowtrack did come out and say that you're showing um, 1500 meter runners how to run a 1500 meters. Gordon tried to quote your caption and ab- absolutely butchered it. So I'm like, <laughs> if you're going to quote something, have it in front of you and read it like a script. And you want to go ahead and say what your caption was and how does it feel? And then you can kind of talk about your mentality leading into that race, why you put yourself out there. And yeah, let's, let's take it away. Guest Josh Kerr. So for me, I, I captioned the, the Instagram where my post, I think it was like, if you're surprised, if you're surprised, I don't even know what my oh caption my gosh, was. You're, you're Do you know worse, what it is? Yeah. If you're surprised and you haven't been watching. Oh yeah. If, it, yeah. Something if you're like surprised that. and you haven't been paying attention, I think it's something along the lines with the, what I was trying to say. And, and and all I was trying to say there was like, this shouldn't be a surprise that I'm running th- at least 335 anytime that I stand on a start line. And so, you know, I've shown in the past that I can front run things. And it, I think it was pretty evident to everyone on the start line before the race even started what I was going to do. And that was just to sit on the pacer and then push really hard because I wanted to run quick because it wasn't really a a race set up to race it because we had some big name dropouts um you know with Ali Ho dropping out Josh Thompson dropping out you know we had some faster guys that didn't end up racing so for me it was just about turning up and, and trying to run as quick as I could um and you know I don't feel like it was a surprise what I did I think it was more surprising what the field did um but you know for me it was just i kind of ran my own race and ran a race that i've been running for years now um which is pretty pretty obvious whenever i stand on a start line in the us uh on a in a pace race i'm probably going to run like that i mean it's not rocket science yeah that's just like how i like to run i, I like to grab a race by the scruff of the neck and and get after it and and you know people will always say you know, win or lose, I always say Josh affected a race and I'm not, I don't like being a passive racer. I've done it in my, in, in my career. I don't like doing it. I, I think if I am ever in a race, I want to affect it in some way. If I sit at the back and stay at the back, I'm not affecting the race. I think it's really important to affect races when you're in them. So for me, it was like, I feel like I'm the best in this field. Let's take charge of it. And uh, I'm not going to rely on anyone else to, to run fast. And uh, I was able to end up with a win and, and a slower time than I wanted, but you know, it's a start, um, you know, first, first race in a, in a bit. And you know, it's not a rust buster. There's no such thing as a rust buster. That's not a thing in, in professional track and field because we don't do anything but run 1500 meters. I'm sorry. We don't, we, we run 1500. We don't run cross, uh, and a, a rust buster is just a post race excuse. And I've never said it and I will never say it. And that was a bit of a, a jab at anyone who says that um, because I, de- and, and, and be honest with me, Dave, is it an excuse? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm now changing my ch- entire narrative uh, for what I'm going to explain my race. I can't now. There's, call- there's no, but there's a, di- there's a difference between experience at an event at a high level and a rust buster. 
Oh, I would agree. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually I was not going to call it a rust buster because I've been on multiple runs when you just rip every rust buster post you see apart, and then I just think, huh, I wonder what Josh thinks about my posts. He's probably envious of my ability to make good captions. Um, <laughs> you are you are good at that, to be fair. So you, you take you take your time. You're 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 good at, at, at social media. I'm much better than a lot of people. Yeah, I already had my caption written out for a bad race. Um, so I'm kidding. I didn't. That's a joke. <laughs> you didn't laugh. Um, but Sorry, okay, so let, let's kind of add some more context. I want to I kind of deep dive into you a little bit more. Um, so you haven't raced then in almost a year, uh, I guess like six and a half months because you had those races out in, um, yeah. in Oregon, somewhere on the moon. Um, and you ran a familiar race. So was your familiar race tactic then um, comforting knowing that you could still do that and knowing that like that is your, your strength? So I've been working a lot on... Um, my mental side of the game and i think it's better better than it's ever been um doing things that are crazy and you know i'm sure i'll speak about it post olympics um what i'm doing but there's no one in the game that's doing it better than me in my opinion um the kind of stuff that i do uh so you know the the one thing the one worry you have for the first race of the season when you haven't raced in a while is like do i still have those gears um even though we work on them in practice we have just been for me and, and and Danny, I've worked for the last year without any mishaps and without a missed day, uh, consistent training. And it's not like if you watch Spencer's videos, they're not, you know, oh, you, workouts that you got to write home about. Like they're not like crazy things that you've got on YouTube channels that are like popping up and like, oh, my God, this is crazy. They're just consistent work. So for me, it was like, how fast can we run off reasonably or off consistent work, but not that hard. And so the, the risk of injury is a lot lower. So, you know, it showed me that I could run 330 off that. And, and in my head, I'd convinced myself I could have done that, but it's, it's, it's different. I, I give a lot of chat, Dave, you know that, like I, I chat a good game and, and I like to think I back it up, but I hadn't been given an opportunity to back it up for like seven months. So for me to continue to be fueled, to be continue to chat complete pish, then I need to go out and race well. So it is important for me to kind of put that into play. And I, you know, through, you know, day, day, you know, you obviously had, you know, some problems through quarantine. You saw, you solved them, which was super smart to do it at that time. But during that time, all I was doing was just trucking along. Like for me, like I have like a four month head start on you. And I think that makes a difference in the training that we're doing. Yeah. And I would say too, for you, um, like when you talk about the mental component, like that's really going to be what I'll preach as well. And so, I mean, it's obvious that you, you have something of an advantage over anyone else in the field, whether that's your shoe tech or whether that's your cool singlet, you know, it's just like, it's, there's a separator there. Um, and when we talk about the mental aspect of things, I think that's really where the hiccup for me comes in. So like we had to submit a question of not a jab, Dave, but what do you, you think about when a race is going downhill and I didn't really think in the race. And that's the problem. I was like a deer in the headlight. So unfamiliar, so caught off guard that like when I finished the race, I kid you not, I finished the race and walked to the start of the 1500 meter race. And I was not tired. I was like, I pretty much got a front row, like literally a front row seat to watch it unfold. And when I finished, I was like, this just happened. Like this, this is literally it. This was literally the moment. And in three and a half minutes, I missed it. And Josh and I have done very similar work throughout the entire fall buildup. And I haven't missed a single day since I started running again in September. So I was like going into this race, very confident, very comfortable. And I think that's what threw me off the most is like, 
the most unprofessional part of my job right now is what I get paid to be a professional for. And I'm not like defeated by any means. I'm embarrassed. I'm a bit broken from it. That's like not, I don't want to walk out and run 345 and a 1500. When, when I was a sophomore in college, I could do that in a prelim or when I can solo a conference meet in college and run 345, like 345 is not an impressive time by any means. Like it's, like I said, embarrassing. And so the mental aspect for me was like, everything was so smooth. I mean, like I've literally never had as good of a buildup. I mean, my, my nutrition was on, my training was on, my fitness was there. And everything was so smooth. And the minute I was handled or like dealt with um, adversity, I just crumbled. And so that's a little bit frustrating. Um, but the, the good thing is there's always another race. And I think there's a window that you can text someone um, about the race 24 afters. But if I get texts like today, I've got a couple texts about like, how are you doing from the race? Like, dude, I'm, I'm over it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to get back yeah. in that headspace. It's the, it's the same with me though, as well. It's like, as, you know, you have 24 hours pretty much to post on Instagram and then everyone's forgotten about it and you move on to the next thing. And yeah. so, but what I will say, and what I want to ask you is we ran very different races. And so, and we'll get into these questions soon enough. Um, we ran very different races and I want to get into knowing why you ran the race that you did. Because, it, you know, your plan was very different to mine. And that's, you know, everyone's got different race strategies. That's fine. But how was the race for you? Because obviously pacing was erratic on the first lap where we slowed it down a, a fair bit. Because, you know, I think I think genuinely what happened is I, I think the 200 mark was actually marked wrong. So Kidder looked at his watch at the wrong spot or he thought he was, he was looking at the 200 split, but he was looking at like a 193 split. So he thought we were quick. So he slowed us down which is, you know, it's, it's such a shame, man, because he is, he's an amazing pacer. He's paced some fantastic races. Um, you know, he was out for a while with, with, um, with a surgery. And so he, he doesn't quite have his feel back for, for pacing, but I, I knew he'd do a great job and, and he was able to ramp it up after he, he made that 100 meter slowdown. But what was that race like with that interesting first lap where you think it's probably going to go out in 57 but it ends up going out in 59 like 60 like mm -hmm. what was that like being near the back not near the back because you were kind of mid-pack but like what was it being like in a, in a fat pack for that because everyone kind of bunched up yeah i mean like if you watch i don't know have you watched the race again yeah like look what if times. zoom in and you say fantastic no, I said like seven times. Oh, I think you said fantastic. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, if you watch the race again, zoom in at 200 meters. And I literally say, are you guys fucking kidding me? Oh, he was that you? I heard that. That was me. And I then it was about me. No, that was me. That was me yeah. saying about everyone. Cause it was the Vincent Ciotti just coming in and out. And like, oh, really? I got spiked across my shin <laughs> and it was just like, everyone was just bunched all of a sudden. And yeah, from, from my perspective, it, it was like, I built up in my head for so long that we'd go out in 57 that I yeah. didn't have a, a contingent plan of what happens if we don't. Yeah. And then what happened with me was I fought for that inside lane and I did everything right in terms of my positioning. But the minute the race started picking up, I was mm -hmm. on lane one stuck behind people. Lane two was the conveyor belt of people moving out and yeah. I just got recycled in the back. And by the time that I was so disconnected, it was like a, a wake up and I'm like, this race is over. Like there's nothing that I can do at this point other than for my pride, which I'm not going to say if I could do something different because what happened happened. And if I think like that, then I won't get over the past race, 
But what I can say is like next time I'll be a little bit more aware in the moment of like, which is so funny because like I've never been like that in a race. Like I've never been so blindsided by something happening that like I'm always I've always been reactionary. So from that race. Yeah, I would I would say the perspective that I had was you were in the least amount of traffic, ran the easiest, easiest race because you got to control it. And then everyone else was just a conveyor belt of misplaces and and off paces to where whoever jumped the gun to catch with three laps or one lap to go is going to get a good good hit out of it. Because if you watch Nick Willis's race, like he was moving, him and Amos were moving, Johnny was moving, but all those guys, like Johnny was in dead last at 200, right? And he gets second. So uh, no, Amos was second, I think. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Johnny gets third out of that. And so it's like, so yeah, I would say from where I was sitting, it's like, yeah, the race was just so different than what was built up that when you built up this thing in your head and then it doesn't happen the way that you thought, it's almost just like a what? Kind of but that's 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 racing like so when mm-hmm. i had my conversation with danny he was like you know uh, you know i want i want kidder to be you know perfect split so that might be 156 and i was like whatever happens happens like i've i've known throughout the years that the odds are whatever i think is going to happen in a race the complete opposite is going to happen so expect the unexpected in those situations and and when i saw 59 it made no difference to me I was like, well, I just got to close harder. Like, it, well, there was no panic being like, this race is over. Like, if I'd been at the back, it would have been the same thing. Like, it was just like, all right, well, that's what's happening. So we need to just continue. Like, for me, I had this, you know, I I want to run 329. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie about it. I wanted to run 329. And it was great conditions. It was a bit cold. But, I mean, what, you, you were really nitpicking now for that. Yeah. And, um and, and I think, that's and, and then you go out in 59, like yeah, I, I haven't gone out in 59 thing. for something fast. That's, I think yeah. that's the most frustrating thing when people try to, um, and like, this isn't, a, this isn't shade on anyone that's trying to comfort me in, in like a bad race, but it's like, you know, it was a little bit cold, you know, the pacing was a little bit off, you know, it, it, it was an unfamiliar location. It's just like, I don't want to find excuses or reasons why something went bad. I would rather use those things as indicators of like, why race could go well or something like that. Like, I don't want, I don't want to comfort myself knowing all these external things. Like, no, everything that happened with my race is completely internal. Everything that happened with your race is completely internal. And for a a good, um, a good, uh, sorry, we just got a message in our chat. Um, um, a good note to end on is like, I'm still in a mental headspace of being it. Cause like, I know I have to flip that phone over. Um, I know everything's going to work itself out. I mean, we're a hundred days from the Olympic trial, so I better figure my shit out. Um, but plenty of time, bro. It's, a, it's plenty of time. And, and the good thing is, is like, I know I have a team and I have resources that are there to kind of pick me up when I jump off a building, shatter my legs and crawl my way to an elevator to crawl off the ledge again and jump off. So I know like I got guys like you to make fun of me in a podcast, but then also like Howie, my agent called me right after the race, gave me the rundown, just said, how you doing? Yada, yada, yada. Talk to him. That was like refreshing to actually speak with an agent after a race, good or bad. So like, I enjoyed that. But then also like light at the end of the tunnel is like, um, I have two consultation meetings in the next next three days with a sports psychologist. So it's like, there's good things coming around. Um, and two of those psychologists actually focus on the performance aspect of the sport. So I'm not necessarily worried about anything. I'm just mostly embarrassed. And and like you and I talked after I ran 343 in uh, Boston 
And you, you said something like, we don't even need to talk about it because there's no reason why you should be running 343 <laughs> no, as a professional. You, so he, you came to the Olympic trials for the marathon because a bunch of the Brooks guys and girls went there to help out for the Hansons and the Mavericks and, and stuff like that for, you know, putting Brooks. Brooks had a little HQ and it was, it was awesome. So we got invited to go and help out. And uh, Dave said to me, I think you were like, are you not even going to roast me for my 343 that I just ran to be you? And I was just like, bro, I can't even waste my breath on that. Yeah. Like, because, because we both know what the potential is. So I can, I, there's no point in roasting you for, for a bad performance. People have bad performances and going back to your hundred days situation, this is like the, the lion and the gazelle. It's, I would say it's easier to fuck up and, and you're not going to edit that. And my mom's going to be annoyed that I swore, but it's easier to fuck up so you do fitness. it again. You want to do it again? It's easier to fuck. No, I'm joking. Now you have no, to do it, it again. I know. <laughs> when you, going back to your 100 days thing, it's it, you've got two positions. You've got someone that thinks they need pro- to progress to get to the position they, they got to be in. There's people that are already there that are like, oh, I need to either stay this fit or like, you know, try not get injured, try not miss a day. Both of those situations are difficult. And I would actually say someone who's fitter is actually in a harder position than someone who's not as fit as they want to be. So it's like, are you going to be the hunted or are you going to be the hunter? So you either, you're, you know, you look at someone who's like 143 Elliot Giles doesn't run Europeans. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's around 143. He should be a shoe for the Olympics, but is he? Because he's now hit times that he's never hit before by a couple seconds. And then he's just like, oh my God. And maybe his body has an, a tough reaction. I have no idea if he's injured, if he's not, but that's just an example. So it's the same as like watching a soccer game. If you're, if you're one nil up and you're the team who's trying to score a goal versus the team who's trying to defend a goal, that's pretty much what it is. So you just yeah. got to look at it in a positive way. You have plenty of time to work on things. Your, your fitness isn't bad. You've got plenty of time to work on your mental side of things. And, uh, and we're, we're going to move on from it. And, you know, you're going to get roasted in this, in this podcast. Like I can see some questions in here that's going to put you in a, in a bin, but that's all part of fun because when you have in the back of your head, oh, I'm either going to give up or I'm going to give you all, all you're going to have in your head is I'm going to have to explain this on the sit and kick podcast. Oh, I, I, I think about all the time. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, to put the record straight, I know you guys saw this on the post, but I Venmoed Mark $50 before I even cooled down. So <laughs> I want you guys to know that I think of you always and, and your guys' support and banter means the world to me. And let's just say this. If I, if I have another bad race, don't, don't DM me bullshit. Don't, don't, don't come into my DMS and start throwing shade. Leave that on the sit and kick podcast. Come on, come on. Don't kick a man while he's down. It's like a man already drowning. And then you put your foot on his head and let him just sink to the bottom. Um, I think I get a lot of that as well. Like, cause obviously we're connected and through this podcast, but like a lot of people message me individually as well, just roasting you. And sometimes <laughs> I have to mention back, be like, look, bro, that ain't it. Like I can roast my boy cause we're friends, but you can't say that, man. Like what are you, what are you saying? But yeah. hey, let's get into these questions. Cause to be honest, like you guys crushed it. I think there's some fantastic questions in here and, uh, there's a lot of funny ones too. So we'll probably start with just like the, the regular kind of funny questions and then we'll get into more banter stuff too. All right, uh, Josh, I'll go ahead and ask you, <clears throat> let's go the first There's a lot four. about me and I did write them and I'm not saying that I wrote all the ones about me, but I kind of did. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we want to talk about Josh on this anyhow. So I'll ask you the first four. Um, Josh, you can right, explain okay. them in any depth that you want or lack of. Yeah. So who closed their last 400 meter quicker, Josh or Spencer? What is Spencer on like 149? Here, I actually can pull that up. Um, I, I got closed in like 151 or 150. 
Okay, so then he probably closed faster than you. Unless he um, negative split, but he probably didn't, right? He didn't. He did negative split because he ran 149. I think he went right, like 53, so, 56. All right, so I closed faster than Oh, Jeez. you did. Well, I don't yeah. know. I don't. Uh, maybe yeah, no, I think I might. Really? Yeah, you would have. You would have because uh, they went through in like 52, 53. And if you're in 149, so about 56, 57. And when we're talking about closing, here's the thing that pisses me off. My last lap, Josh, yeah. was slower than our last lap in the 8K. Shuts up. No, we don't have to talk about what it was, but it was slower. It was slower than 24 laps on my legs. So that's... Lord. That's how I know I fucked up. 24 laps on the legs? What are you talking about? 20 laps, you know. Uh, 20, la- 20 laps. <laughs> anyway, on next leg. question. Just we have so many questions to get through. The first 800 was too slow. Do you think the first 200, or shit, what was that? Oh, yeah, Josh, do you think the first 800 <laughs> meters was too slow if the plan was sub 3335? 30, Yes, it was. Um, there's no doubt in that. I think we. I wanted to come through in 154, 153 high. Um, and I think we came through in 156 high. Um, so, but to be honest, like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world for me. Like, I felt like we've kind of been working on gears a little bit, and I was able to show that off quite well and put it in, put a plan into place. So I was fine with with how it was paced at the end of the day. I'm not. I'm not got many regrets on that. Uh, what's the worst part about having a bad race? Um, I'll just answer that one since Josh doesn't have bad races. Um, worst part about having a bad race is just, uh, it's like the passion paradox um, where you care about something so much that when something doesn't go your way, your love and passion for what you do can kind of get in the way of the actual job that has to be done. So for me, the worst part about having a bad race is I let a, I feel as though I let a lot, of, a lot of people down and I and I want to put my kid on and I want to represent my team in the best way that I can. So for me, not representing myself or my team or my the people that believe in me is what kills me the most because I know I got a lot of people rooting for me. And when I don't show up on the day that I need to show up on, it just kind of hurts a little bit. So, yeah. but yeah, I get that. I mean, the thing is, there's so many people part of your team. Like, we obviously have our head coach, Danny Mackey. We have our nutritionist, Kyle. We have our athletic trainer, Sarah. We have, you know, the people that signed us and Matt. And uh, we have, like you know, our head of sports marketing, Julie, that are all like kind of involved without even the personal side of friends and family. And so it is difficult to go out there and have a tough day where you're like, I feel like I have to explain myself, even though you you don't. And, yeah. and it's just like, it's part of the sport. The sport's really tough. We don't have a, uh, we, we have no talents. We, this isn't a skilled sport. It's all about, you know, pure grit and, 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 and the training, really. So it is, it, is, it is a shame and you do feel like you have to explain yourself, but you really don't. And the people around you don't need that explanation, but you always feel like you, you need to give it to them anyway. It's just a roast buster. Yeah, if you say that again, bro. <laughs> um, all right. What did we do post-race and post-race day? Uh, I drove 16 hours home uh, to Albuquerque, which was an absolute treat hey josh how long is that drive supposed to be i think it's an 11 and a half drive so let's add that so, hmm, you added a couple hours there um probably because you need to charge your super nice tesla that you bought outright and then also did you go the wrong way uh my missus did oh and, here he is. I, and i hope she doesn't listen to this because she did go the wrong way because she never she i don't know she she was studying for her exam which was the next day which is why we had to get back in a day and so she was kind of sitting in the passenger seat, like studying. I was like, all right, it's fine. I'll drive most of the way. But when she did drive, she was like, so I could like have a bit of a sleep. 
I woke up and we were going the wrong way. <laughs> you were probably snapping, mate. Mate, I was absolutely snapping. I tell you, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was it was fine. And, and we just missed the turn like for like three seconds, and then we had to go like an extra four miles or something. So it was fine. But did that. But I mean, after the race, we I think we what we we couple of us sat outside and had a had a beer or something like that. But that was but it really it was it was pretty chill. Yeah, it was pretty chill. Just uh, yeah. Still, still a lot of work to do. So I would say like, even though, um, what we did post race, like we had a few beers and things, there's like still a lot still to do. Although we go into like this down phase, it's not, it's not like anything's changed. So we're still kind of boring people. Um, is a team getting vaccinated soon? I'm not, I, uh, keep getting messages from New Mexico health department that I'm not being chosen yet. Uh, but I think we, our athletic trainer, Sarah has been vaccinated, fully vaccinated and she always wears her face mask at practice as well. So it's like, it's very safe that way, um, but I haven't heard of anyone uh, anyone on our team getting vaccinated anytime soon. No, I'm so gonna do some research up here while I'm in Seattle um, yeah. to to figure out a way that I can potentially hop in and, and get the next superpower. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, it's like we're really healthy people, so I feel like there's more priority out there. So I'm not personally like sit, sitting outside the hospital waiting for my vaccination. Like I'll I'll wait my turn, um, but we'll see what happens if we get picked i'm not gonna i'm obviously not gonna give it up but i'll uh i'll wait my turn i think what about what are your thoughts on ollie avoiding the 1500 dev um i'll play devil's advocate i think that he's in just in a really good spot he's nothing to prove there's no reason to come out and race you or any of those guys when he runs 332 333 at ocean breeze shows he's fit shows he's ready to roll i mean he he put down jake whiteman mm-hmm and uh, he, what does that what does that, does that what does that mean for me that what doesn't mean? mean anything for you it's not about you it's about <laughs> ollie and he put down jake whiteman in his own race that was yeah. jake whiteman's race to win and i love jake whiteman he's one of my favorite guests we've had on but oh, if yeah? we're talking about why is ollie avoiding the 1500 i'm saying there's no reason for him to even be in it in the first place him doing the mm. 5k is an example of him just following his training and following his training plan the man just ran 1322 in the 5k after running 333 better range than a better 5k PR than you got mr mr kerr so he's I, swear, a, I would have, i would have run that if i had a speed suit on speed suit and, just and a speed suit. Nike spikes yeah potentially change <laughs> the uppers um uh but in my opinion yeah go i was it. actually and i i was gonna message him beforehand and i actually got kind of annoyed that he didn't race not at him because i genuinely don't think he's avoided me but he was the main reason i ran the 15 i was gonna run the eight and so he was the main reason because obviously I watched his um, 15 indoors at New Balance and I was like oh perfect like he's in really good shape and he's running this race so me and Danny were like okay and Josh Thompson was in there Central was in there Johnny Gregoric was in there David Rivich was in there you know what I mean it was Gotta like fill the spots <laughs> you know Pat Casey was in there you know like like it was it was I mean the but Sam Tanner the collegiate record holder wasn't in there not the collegial he's not a collegiate record holder mate here he is anyone can run that indoors bro here he is uh no i'm joking um but i was really disappointed that he didn't race because he would have made that race a lot more interesting for me because i know he's fit but you know he ran a 5k and it went well for him and you know he's doing his thing you know i have full trust he'll make the olympic team in the 15 or 5 whatever he wants to do probably 15 makes more sense um for the aussies so I'm, I'm not got any beef with him. I just wanted to race him. Uh, and I, w- I was going to message him beforehand being like, hey, just double checking you're in this race because you kind of make, without him in the race, I probably wouldn't have ran the 15, if I'm being honest. 
So, cause we, we were fit. I would say I was sharp enough to run an eight, a good eight. Um, even though the eight field was kind of interesting and weird as well. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit all over the place, but a bit of a shame on that. I would have loved to run new balance indoors as well. Yeah. Weird yeah. that that never happened. Yeah. We, we can, we can not get into that. Um, we can get into another indoor race for you, Josh. So how do you fared at the Euro indoors? Ingerbritson looks like he's the guy to beat. I had this conversation today, actually. Um, and my mom asked, my mom was like, oh, do you think Ingerbritson's like watching your race being like, oh, Dingy, she's, he's scared of you. And I was like, mom, I, if I watched my race, I wouldn't be scared of me right now. Cause all you do is look at the time. Right. And, uh, I think I would have ran really well indoors. Indoors is weird for me though. I'm big. Like I, I, it's tough for me to get around those bends and it's scrappy. Like if you watch any of those indoor races are real scrappy. So, you know, he stepped in the infield. If it was his fault, if it wasn't his fault, you probably should have been dequeued anyway. But I think I would have fared pretty well. It showed that I have some pretty good gear so I can close well. Um, but you know, I'd, I, I kind of, I didn't opt out of it, but I didn't really opt in it because yeah. we hadn't raced yet. So it was difficult for me to be like, Hey, put me in it. I haven't raced, but trust me, I'm really fit. Even though I, I wanted to say that, um, I couldn't get over there for the trials. It was just, it was too big a risk and I'm trying to play a little low risk game this year. And it's all about the Olympics and trials for me. So yeah, I would have been fun to run it and I will definitely be running it in the future. It was just a weird year. And, and, uh, I'm, you know, I, I really enjoy training with the beast. So it was just a little bit too much, but, um, yeah. So, what would you, yeah, we've kind of gone over what you, what would you change in the race? Um, yeah. but, but my, the question I have for you, Dave, is like, why, what was your race plan going into it? How about I mean, that? My race plan going into it was to race people, which is so ironic. Cause that's mm-hmm. literally what I didn't do. <laughs> my race plan going into that was to fare honestly, exactly where I was. I wanted to be that mid bins where I don't know why I have to talk like you when I talk to you. <laughs> Um, sit sitting mid-bins. like mid bins, <laughs> my plan was just to sit mid bins and, um, kind of honestly follow you because like, that's what we've been doing for the last 15 weeks. And I know where your fitness is at. I know where my fitness is at. We had some separation in a workout where we did the eight, four, four, and it was like three seconds over 1500, uh, or like, what was that? Uh, just around that was a mile worth of work. Yeah. So I was like, there's a three second separation there. And if you look, the rest of the field was three seconds back from you. So it's mm-hmm. like my race plan, honestly, was to put myself in a position where I can see you and I can be reactionary to the people behind you trying to get you. And I could get those people that are trying to get you. Like, yeah. I never want to go into a race trying to win, but I just knew where my fitness was at and it being my first race back. I didn't want to overwhelm myself by overcommitting and then fading to 345, which ironically <laughs> enough, again, is the result. So you my feel race. like you ran scared. Um, I wouldn't say that I ran scared because I went into that race with as much confidence as I've ever had, but I ran blind. I ran, I ran into a moment where there was a decision I could have made. Yeah. And I, like I said, deer in the headlights, I saw, I literally saw it in front of me and it was when everyone was in the conveyor belt and lane two moving out. And instead of taking that opportunity, I, I took the mental note of saying, wait till 500 to go. Yeah. By that time it was way too late. Yeah, the race is gone. Yeah. So yeah, there's always yeah. that, there's always that option in a race. Like when you always look back, there's always mm-hmm. one split moment where you can make a decision and it either breaks, makes or breaks your race. And you can look back and some, in me, in, in my opinion, it's always worth going for it. Um, I always like to risk it a bit more. Um, even if you think, you know, 500, that makes more sense. Sometimes it's like, well, I feel like I could outlast anyone here. So like, let's just go for it anyway. Yeah. Um, but there is always that one moment and you think that was, that was your moment. 
Well, I think that was the moment, and I I just knew something was off when I finished because I didn't feel that race burn. Like, I didn't have a gear turn. I didn't have me crawling across the line. It was literally, like, finish the race, caught my breath immediately, walked to the the start. And I'm like, that that was a blow-up. So, yeah, yeah, what would you change, though? I said it earlier. I don't want to say what would I change because that race happened, and if I continue to, to analyze that race, I won't get over it by the time I have to do another one. And so I wouldn't change anything. Um, I wish I could change the result, but it happened. And I have tons of results or tons of opportunities to change that result um, on my own. But what I will say is I'm like decompressing through the week. So I have like a time trial on Saturday where I'll go 62, 60, and then close the last 1200 or the last 400, whatever I want to close in. And my mentality with that talking to Danny is like, I want to decompress where my last real effort isn't that race. So I can kind of move through this week naturally, do a workout today, and then get in the mindset of like, you're totally fine in a race, have whatever pace you're going in and you can close. So yeah. kind of just taking the pressure off myself and just kind of having fun with it. Um, Versus Josh, he was drinking beers and playing golf all week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can take four my four times this week. Yeah. You take my you. driver out. Uh, I didn't, but I took your four and five iron and uh, rick has them right now until you come back you he doesn't have a four and five iron you are lending my clubs josh yeah <laughs> this, is, this is how you break the news to me that you, you're if you're pawning stuff to me then i i have you say have pawning right, yeah pawning is an exchange what did you give me besides misery in our friendship I, <laughs> you pawned them and i gave you um i gave you a home for your clubs oh the clubs that aren't actually in your home they're in my home. Well, I mean, most of them are. Okay. Okay. So if I gave you five kids, no, no, yeah. no, no. How about this? How about this? You let me babysit five of your kids while you're away for work for a month. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Josh, I'm, I'll, I'll watch your five kids, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll teach them the ways, maybe take for them sure. out for some golf rounds, you know? Yeah. Oh, but Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy wants to go golf with your kids. So instead of asking you yeah, if yeah. Jimmy can hang out with your kids, you just send little Josh Jr. and Josh Jr. Jr. out to go golf with Jimmy for the month-long stay. So then yeah. when Daddy Josh comes home and finds out two of his kids are hanging out with Jimmy, that's not yeah. going to go over well. You can't yeah, lend like, out. Like if the kid gets broken, you can just buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy another one. Yeah, if, that's if, what I'm saying. It's like I can buy you another kid. But you know, irons always come in sets, so I'm really looking forward to it. No, they to don't. You can buy individual set. irons. Yeah, no. Not me. It'd be no, fun. You break one, you break the set. What so, were we even talking about? <laughs> don't lend a kid out. Um, let's yeah. keep going. I want to yeah. – We is Central going to make the Olympics? I'm not even going to expand on that, but what I will say is there's a lot of beef that stemmed around our podcast with Centro and um, – I don't like and, how it's our podcast, to be honest. What? I didn't, wa- I didn't want – this beef yeah so like podcast. we love banter we love shade but at the same time we don't want legitimate beef to get in the way of people's relationships but what i will yeah. say is um i'm a fan of centro i'm a fan of what he's accomplished and i'm not save face saving by any means but i don't know who's going to make the olympics and i'll say that if, if that says is david going to make the olympics is josh going to make the olympics is you know there's so many variables that can happen within the next 100x days i can say that yeah josh is on track to make the olympics centro is on track to make the olympics but, I don't think he is on track to win the Olympics. That's my, I think my opinion is Centro is a phenomenal athlete, is, has done amazing things in this sport, but he's a guy that turns up on the day. He's not a guy that consistently turns up. So in his own mind, he might be 
trending towards making the Olympics and everyone's going to look at him to make the team. But it's going to take a, a turn up on the day for him to make the team. It's not like he's to, a shoe in Do you need to turn up on the day in races in March in order to make a, an Olympic team in June? No, but I think if you consistently, it's like you don't, when you do practice exams, you, you don't fail, 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 and then mm. magically get really good. Okay. Like for me, I'm like, I'll run between 335 and 332 until the trials. And then I'll run 330, 329, 328, whatever it is. And then the Olympics, I'll run 321 and then I'll win. And you know mm. what I mean? Rather yeah. than running 340, where you're probably going to need 334 to run, to win, uh, to win the trials. You know, Josh, I, I don't know. You have a point there. And, and I hate the fact that you, you sound intelligent when you say you don't take practice exams, fail, 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 and then pass the exam. How much strength and conditioning do you guys do? Um, we do honestly a pretty good amount. We do some drill sets on Mondays and Thursdays with some circuits on Thursdays. And then we lift on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so, yeah, four, four of the seven days of the week, we have some specific core type build. Yeah. Um, next one. Uh, are the beasts going to do altitude before the trials? Yes. Uh, the altitude camp starts in like a month, less than a month now. So people have, I think, two weeks on their own where they can go and see their families, um, still train, obviously, do the thing if that's in Seattle, if that's wherever in the country. Uh, and then I think there's like two weeks of official practice in Seattle and then everyone's coming back down to Albuquerque. And yeah, we're going to be here probably until a couple of weeks before the US trials. I know I'm going to be here until the UK trials uh, and we're just going to probably hit a much harder um, block, to be honest, because we've kind of just been not floating, but we haven't really been testing ourselves, yeah, I would say um as much as we can and you know that's through some fantastic coaching and um, because you know our injury rate is very low and we were all able to perform you know to, to different to different standards but uh, to a to a very good standard at, on, yourself? at the majority um i mean ali b was phenomenal actually not ali b ali a um a, a squad and Alpha uh, ali. you know fantastic performance from neo to win that race and, uh, you know, we, we have some great performances and, we, and we're, we're all fit and we're all healthy. And I think that's what you need going into your last block before the Olympic trials. I think we'll drop so, this episode tonight because Ali A is driving to Atlanta right now. Oh, she is? We might just drop this episode tonight to give her some uh, something to listen to as she's driving across the country. Because she's a huge fan of the pod. She listens to the Grant Holloway podcast once a month, she says. <laughs> she says that intro gives her chills and she cried the first time she like listened to it. Which yeah. I'm ma I'm magic, man. I'm magic. Uh, does it count as a kick if you break everyone from 700 meters out? I mean, if it counts as a kick, it also counts as a fade. So yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I felt like I was kicking from like 600 in, to be yeah. honest, because we had a lot of work to do. So I enjoyed doing. I enjoy that style of racing. Um, what's what's with the bricks as a rail? Uh, this was actually why the race was moved from Arizona is it's difficult to, to source a rail because I don't think you need a rail in high school races to make them official, but you do professionally. And I'm not sure about college. You probably do college. So we were racing at a high school, right? We're racing at a high school somewhere in the moon. And the, the ruling with the bricks is in order for records to be ratified or times to be legitimized for standards, they yeah. have to have a rail. In college, you don't necessarily need that but you need some form of indicator on the inside to state they're not running short. So that's why they do it off the curves. No one's really going to gain any ground in a straightaway. And that's why, if you notice the bricks only were on the turns, um, we had cones and, on the straights, so. and we had cones on the straights. So it's yeah. like, 
yeah, it the bricks are needed as a rail because records and or standards can't be ratified or approved if they're not there. That's like when you watch the the race in the woods when Bowerman ran that 5K, just a couple of them, they had a full inside rail on that track because yeah. they're like, we need to certify this and we need to make this legit. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's some like insider knowledge right there. Dave, how do you overcome a tough race when you're, when you know, you're most fit? I think you kind of already answered that with yeah. what you're doing right now. Um, mentality is probably, you know, going to be pretty good after this week. Um, yeah. I think it's, you know, you can take a, a day or two, be down on yourself and then you kind of have to get back to work because that's our job full time and we have nothing else to kind of distract ourselves. So getting jumping back in head first is probably, uh, probably the, the smartest idea. Yep. Um, do you enjoy leading a race or rather sit back and kick? Depends who you ask. If you ask my parents, my brother, my missus, watching a race is apparently a lot less stressful if I do that, like lead a race. But I don't, I've never led. Uh, I led that London Diamond League last year and that ended pretty poorly. Um, I don't think I've ever led like a a proper, like professional, like world-class race like I do, I would say, at this like US level. Um and I'm, I'm not throwing shade. I think U.S. are very good at the 15. But <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just saying like a world champs or a, a diamond league or something like that. It, it, it makes more sense to do a little bit different because the Kenyans love to run from the front and, and, and start pretty quick. So I, I like both. Um, I think it takes a lot more mental strength to do it from the back. And uh, you got to be smarter. I think at the world champs, I, I played my play played a game of chess rather than kind of just running from the front and be ballsy about it. So it's a little bit different. You know, I enjoy both. It's a lot less nerve wracking running from the front, I think. Um, but running from the back, there's a lot more uh, variables at, at risk. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, we can just keep moving on. Post running career plans. Uh, Don't, not even thinking about it. Not really, to be honest. Like I obviously enjoy this this podcast. It's not paying the bills at the moment, um, but I tell you, we've got some stuff coming. We do. It's gonna make us billionaires. We do got some stuff coming, and we got a lot of stuff excited about. Maybe we talk about stickers. Maybe we talk about other things. But we, Josh and I, we're not going to get into what we're doing. But in short, kind of what I told Josh on the phone before this is like. One of the number one priorities with this podcast is to do something different than anyone's done before and how they represent the sport and how they talk about the sport, how they have guests on and how they also expand the sport and how we want to expand the sport is going to be very different than how other people want to expand the sport. Like we're not going to advertise. We're not going to, to make you buy product to promote us. Like that's not what we want to do. This isn't a money grab and this isn't something that we want you to invest in unless it's something that you're truly, truly passionate about. Then me at DM Rich, cover my $50 loss, please. Thank God. I tried to cover your $50 loss. You yeah. Know. Okay. That you, that's more of a slap to the face than anything. I know you did it with really? the kindness of your heart, but it's like, um, yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay. Josh, I'll use I'll use a race perspective for you because you have one bad race. And I'll say this: you are on the DMR team, yeah, right for New Mexico. You go to indoors. You have a really bad mile. You run like four twenty four, whatever you ran. Yeah. The person that won the race comes to you Neil and Gridley. says, "Hey, this was my fault. Take my first place trophy." Yeah. You gonna accept that trophy? If okay, I see where you're coming from, and and I would probably, yeah, I wouldn't be happy with it, but. What I was trying to say was I made the bet. So I felt bad. It was like, if, if like Neil's like, oh, well, if you, you know, I'm feeling pretty crap. So like, if you beat me, then, you know, like you can like, 
I don't know, whatever. When I, I found I, out your purse was eleven hundred dollars after the race, I should have yes. accepted the fifty dollars. Eleven hundred dollars is not brilliant. But it's it's eleven hundred dollars is a lot of money when you don't actually buy dinner for everyone after the race. Aha, uh-huh. we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> I have my explanation. All right. Um, hidden talents. Josh is really good at lying. I'm not. I actually am not. Like I feel like <laughs> I, I'm good at lying to like people I don't know, but like my family and like all that, like they can tell me, tell like tell it I'm lying like straight away. And I just don't like lying to them. Just but like nice to, guy. To, to, to random people, like I'll lie to you all day, 100%. Whatever you need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest here. And post race. You're not lying. I'm not lying to you people that I don't know. <laughs> Post-race, we sat and we were eating some food outdoors, obviously, COVID safe, masks on, with trying to fit food under the mask. Um, and my guy, Dave, just starts spitting some mad lyrics uh, off the dome for about three and a half minutes. And it was one of the coolest talents I've ever actually seen. You want to talk about that, Dave? Um... It was pretty cool, to be honest. Yeah, so I would say like my entire life is based around improv. Like I'm very good on the moment thinking. Um, the one thing that's missing. Never mind. I don't have to talk about racing anymore. But my off the top, or uh, yeah, off the top of the dome, or just like spontaneous thinking. Like, yeah, I like to freestyle. If someone drops me a beat, I like to kind of roll with it. I like to feel it out. People can throw words. That's actually what I was gonna do if you guys made me be a little circus monkey and do it again. I was just gonna <laughs> go around the room and say, each of you throw me a word and I'll rap to it and I'll, I'll make a really? song from it. Yeah, I could do that pretty easy. Man, that's crazy. So. And you yeah. didn't swear once. I feel like you can, like people, like I would have probably sworn like most of the time because it's just a verbal filler. Yeah. But you were able to keep the beat pretty well and you were like, just like. I was just vibing. Um, but I walked in looking like I was from 8 Mile, which is what started it all. I didn't walk in with a boombox and be like, yo, 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 listen to my you re- rap beat. You came on, you came in looking like a robber, bro. You had like a black <laughs> hoodie, a Blazers. Um, yeah, baby. Uh, jersey and then like a. Like crazy hat, but um, anyway, we'll keep moving on. Yeah, we'll keep thoughts. moving, Josh. Let's let's, let's rush the through these team. because this is going to be a three-hour episode if we don't. I know. Thoughts on making the five K team? I personally think I could make the five K team in the UK. Um, with how everything's going right now, um, with the US, I would say the five K team is starting to shape up to be the hardest team to make on yes. the inside. So can't even so. can't even imagine making the five K team when those guys will likely run three forty-five for the last fifteen hundred. <laughs> um, how do you throw tracked rust out the window? Um, <laughs> Josh, I guess this one's specifically for you. Uh, how do you throw it out the window? So if you think you have track rust, you'll have it. If you don't think it's a possibility, then you won't have it. So, you know, just don't accept that that's even a possibility. That's all I'm saying. But if you've not raced a race very often, like a 15 or a 5, or for us it would be a 10, you know, I've run 1.5, you ran zero fives. I've never ran a 5. Ali, B has, or Ali A has a faster 5K PR than I do. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, and and so to be honest, there's there's a difference between the naivety at a distance and a, and, and a rust buster. So there's yeah. no such thing as a rust buster. There is a thing as a, a naivety at, at, a, at a distance. It's a big and word that's for you. my opinion. What naivety? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, how do you feel about race weight? Um, uh, you start. Um, yeah, I, I like to know baseline of kind of where my body operates at, but I wouldn't say that if I were to step on the line, let's say I step on the scale and our own and I weigh X numbers, and I go run a race, and I run a good race. I step on that scale, and it's two pounds more, and then I go to a race. That's not the number I'm worried about in my head. 
If I'm focused on that number, there's a lot of other variables that'll go into that race. I can make that race performance poor. Why I can you be transparent. What's the number? So like I, I weighed myself before this race. Yeah. Um, and I didn't weigh myself all at camp and I weighed, I weighed 144. Okay. Now, however, I would say that there is a healthy weight. Um, and I would say that I've been too light at some races. Mm-hmm. Um, like I weighed 137 at the 2019 USA Championships. And I like where my body's at right now. I like how I feel. I like how I lift weights. I My aerobic capacity feels good. Like these seven pounds that I've added since 2019, or I wouldn't say added, just like the difference in my how my body is built. Like I feel stronger and I feel better. So I wouldn't necessarily say weight is a determining factor of performance. Um, but in terms of health, like you can operate at whatever healthy weight you want to operate at. And I don't think there should be someone telling you to be this number. Um, I think you can keep things in mind of like when you did your best, but to have weight be the number one indicator of fitness is a complete lie because I'll use Josh and he can segue like Josh is the biggest 1500 meter runner and he's demoralizing. Is that even a word demoralizing? Yeah. Demoralizing every runner that, that focuses (laughs) on body image. Yeah. I I think it's it's such an interesting topic and and it's something that I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a, like I know exactly what I'm talking about. We, we obviously work with a nutritionist and I think that's really important. And your body's always changing. And I, I think the biggest takeaway is don't ever fight your natural body. All right, ladies and gentlemen, after te- technical difficulties and me eating a pizza, we are back. We are back for another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast, round two after we ran out of storage space on the computer. So if Hi. all of a sudden your audio chopped out, don't worry. It did for us too. So we're back. Josh was saying something really, really important and really insightful. Oh, about weight? About weight. So I guess we'll have to wait on that conversation. Just kidding. You can finish it and then let's move into the bantable. I don't know where I was at, but this this is this is the be all end of it. Don't fight your body. Don't allow it to control your life. And um, the number on the watch is much more important than the number on the scale. And you had so much time to think about that, and it's awesome. I know, right? Get done. Um, I've been fat. I've been skinny. I run better fat than I do skinny. Let's just say that. I haven't really been that skinny. And I like my lattes with skinny milk and fat milk, folks. Isn't it? Full fat. Yeah. Full fat. Because the men's not hot. All right. Back to back. Back to back because the men's not hot. We like, have a lot more just... energy now. Yeah, I do, man. This pizza <laughs> yeah, just revivified me. You know when you're down in zombies and someone comes in and revives you and then you're up, you're like, let's go. And then you remember you don't have juggernauts, so then you die again. That's where I'm at. All right. Here we go. Maybe we need a little add more personality. Maybe we need to add a little bit more to the podcast. Let's go into the banter bowl, Josh. Okay. Let's do it. All right. If Josh is so good, why hasn't he placed at USA's? <laughs> I love that question. That's a very good question. That's my and friend. For all- That's my friend, Matt. Shout out. Oh, really? From all the Brit, I'm guessing your, your friend Matt's American, but. For all the Brits watching, I remember a joke being said that like about Ryan Giggs, like, yeah, he's so good, but he's never been selected for England, but he's a Welsh player. And I think that's what reminded me of that. And it's a very funny joke. And I would never make the US team. It's too good. Next question. <laughs> how does Josh feel that, uh, how does it feel that Josh could have raced the whole race in lane three and still beaten you? <laughs> what was that for me? Oh God, that's for me. Um, well, I'm going to swallow my pride and my pizza and just say, it hurts. Literally, one of the questions responded, would Spencer Brown beat you? And the answer is probably yes. 
in that race, yeah, I'm sure anything could have beat me up. A, a light breeze would have knocked me over. So, yeah, it feels good. But you know what's great is I think there's a question down here about who's – yeah, what is the question about the podcast host? We'll get there, Dave. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be skipping ahead there, buddy. Oh, man. Why is Josh such an alpha male? I generally didn't write these questions. <laughs> Probably my sheer dominance. Um, uh, and <laughs> It's quite it's funny because I just maniac? walked in there. Um, yeah, pretty much. D- uh, Dave, do you think that Spencer would have beaten you? Um, yeah, I think Spencer would have beaten me. And I think um, all of Spencer's fans would have came to my page, followed me because I'm only about caught in this sport. So, um, you know, I think anything and anyone could have beaten me again. I said it. Um, how did Central react when Josh dusted him? Not Wait, really sure. I'm gonna, I want to I want to say something. I want to say something. We as a joke figured out how many times I'd beaten him. Oh, yeah, this is actually good on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> people really stuck onto that. Jonathan and Galt tweeted it. He did. The Let's Run guy. Oh, Scottish Athletics tweeted it. Oh my lord! And so our podcast has really had a tough time on Central. And I want to. I want to. I just want to say, mate, I I quite like you. I think you're quite a cool guy. You've achieved as much as I want to achieve in the sport, which is obviously a, a gold medal and a couple of Olympic and World Championship medals. I think you're great, but. I think uh, people are really catching on to this stuff. And uh, I mean, long may it continue for me. I, I really hope to never lose to him, but I think he's, I think he's a pretty cool guy. I just want to say that because I feel like he's really having a tough time. And, and I think there's, there's, a, there's a level of disrespect that's coming towards him recently. And I don't like that because even in some of the responses that we were getting, um, it was all about like roast and centro and stuff like that. And I don't think that should be the norm. I really don't. Um, He's your guys' Olympic champion. I don't think anyone in the UK would do that about their Olympic champion. I think you should have some respect for someone who's achieved so much in the track world. I'm okay with some some banter and stuff like that, but if you're genuinely like hating on him for no reason, I, I think I think that's pretty disrespectful. Yeah, if you're hopping on the bandwagon just to pick on someone, you're picking on an Olympic champion. Like, pick on a guy, pick on pick on someone your own size. You know, I guess that saying's uh, pretty good there. Yeah, but yeah, no disrespect to Centro, and like we kind of touched on that earlier. And I honestly think at some point we need to have him on the podcast. I don't know I how. It's... Him on. What's up? Yeah. I would love to have him on for sure. Yeah, I don't know how it'll work. I I don't know if it'll be great coming from you, um, asking <laughs> do you want to be on the podcast. Um, but I mean, I could ask him. I actually have his cell phone number. Um, I don't know if he knows that. But... Rather than his home phone number. Yeah, no home phone number, no fax number, just a cell no. phone. Okay, yeah. well, let um, me know if you have his address. We'll send him a letter. All right, yeah, we can send him a letter um, <laughs> without any ricin. But yeah, we um, yeah we, we need to have that guy on here. And, and mainly because so he can continue to tell the story and inspire people. Because yeah, he's an Olympic champion. He has world gold as well in the indoors 2016, 1500 meters. Like the guys, yeah, I think you said it good, Josh. He's accomplished everything that you're trying to accomplish. And so our disrespect with him is not disrespect, nor is it even banter. It's more just so like a conversation. Yeah, I just don't like when people are anonymously picking on them. I think it, it's not our fault, but I think it came from the podcast. But it's also coming from the podcast that we have respect for his achievements and we do like poking fun at people and having banner. But when it when it's constant and like unrelated, it's just not. I don't think it's very funny. I'm imagining so, the banter ball with him, actually. That's why I laughed. Um, yeah. <laughs> to get out of hand. OK, keep going. Uh, how did it feel to get winded by the co-host? Uh, I think we Is that for you? 
uh, what does that mean? Winded, dusted, which is oh, okay. I think the next. Oh yes. Right. So, you know, here's the thing: we're trying to find a balance. If we're too far in the front, the scale's untipped. If we're in the front and in the back, we're in a perfect balance. So it doesn't feel too bad getting winded. Um, shin splints and Josh being faster. I appreciate your response. <laughs> Some people are <laughs> odd. Um, you're at a party and you get the ox. What are you playing post COVID, dude? I have I actually have one that I will drink to. Yeah, going on. Bored in the house, and I'm in the house. Bored, bored in the house, and I'm in. Dude, that song was my anthem on the drive home. It was awesome. That's quite funny. Yeah, I'm. I'm not very good with. I'm very much like all my the songs that I play are all like hype songs, so they're not very good party songs. So I'm not very good at that stuff. I would probably hand it to Henry Wynn, who would then take it, take it to another level. Uh, where are we at? Uh, what happens first? Dave beats Josh or Spencer beats Dave? See, here's the thing. I'm not. Even, I, I want to say, I, see, if I if I say neither of them will happen, that both compliments Josh, insults Spencer, but then also puts me at like this weird median. So I'll just say neither. Okay. Neither's going to happen at any time. We've kind of we covered that one. Uh, who's the next beast to be verified? Dude, there's there's a thing that goes on when every everyone wants to get verified. They come to the Sit and Kick podcast. I know, right? Lopez, yeah. you see that yep. thing about Lopez? Lopez got yeah. Lopez didn't get verified or got his account hacked and. We need to get that guy on on verification. Next piece to get verified probably deserves to be Ali B or Garrett. Ah, yeah, I would say Garrett probably. Garrett should be verified. He's verified on Twitter. Um, he is. Oh, okay. Okay. He's probably not applied for it. No, he hasn't. He doesn't really care either. Uh, do you have an OnlyFans asking for a friend from the Beer Mile guys? Um, we would do feet pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I if that's what pays the bills i heard there's some some fat checks getting written over there so you know if that's okay with the with the missile then uh i think it'll uh i think it might fly so what about how does it feel to beat central by five seconds i wrote these to be honest so i can't be like oh you guys are really you know yeah, come on you wrote these in you didn't write you didn't awesome. submit the questions you just wrote in the questions i just wrote in the questions that i thought were you know perfect uh it feels great to, to be an olympic champion it does it, you know it's a good confidence boost to start the season how many people Venmo Josh post race? Uh, one. Uh, I got one Venmo and it was ten dollars. And that person is a legend. And I'll probably reach out and try and see if I can. Oh, here's one. one. Did Josh buy dinner? You come so, out. You come out. You know, there's a thing with the boys, right? You know, whoever wins the race is going to take the other lads out. We have to a good effort. After a good fifteen weeks, we're going to come out. We're going to buy each other food, and you know, whoever wins is going to come out with the paycheck, and they're going to get the other boys fed. That's how, that's how it yeah. works. How did so, it work, Josh? It didn't work like that. Um, <laughs> I and you know why, Dave, and I, and I and I really hope that you're not against this. I was getting drug tested, and so mm. I think you actually have to go and do that. Do you, would you rather there no be, be no drug testing in the okay, sport? Here he is. is yeah, here he is. Put it back on me. You're right, Josh. I'm <laughs> no, happy you got drug tested. <laughs> I got drug tested, and it obviously took a while because with COVID situations, um, you're only allowed like a couple of people in this room at one time. So I was like sitting outside for the longest time. We didn't get back to the hotel till like ten thirty, and by the time I got to hang out with the guys and gals, uh, people had already bought their dinner. I, I, I brought a box of beers. I will pay for dinner at some point. Mm, okay, and good. that was the plan, and I would have done it, but sadly it didn't work How out How did way. it feel to Venmo Mark post-race? Um, honestly, that didn't feel – I didn't feel well, anything. Your, ca your caption was like, no context needed, right? Yeah. I mean, I literally felt nothing when I sent him that money. <laughs> uh, everything was already out the window, but I literally – I could have that could have been $5,000. Yeah. Would not have felt a thing. Um, does Dave own contacts or does he run blind? I run blind, as does Josh. I, 
I run very blind. <laughs> I can't read the board when like the time. I can't see five feet in front of me. Like legitimately, I can't see a thing. And I'm looking into getting contacts when I race because it's actually even when I warm up, I'm like, I can't because it's dark. It was dark in the infield, like for that race, because we were we were all warming up on the baseball field to kind of keep some separation. Um, and it was it was really dark. So yeah, we should probably both yeah. get some contacts. You can buy my contacts. How about that? <laughs> who good. wears the trousers? Alio and Spencer. Or yeah, who, who wears the trousers in the relationship? If I'm being honest, Spencer. <laughs> Depends what you like. I mean, Ostrander just like does all of his dirty work. Yeah. Edits all his videos, I've heard. I'm joking. He does she doesn't do that. But I feel like he's kind of as a as a man, he's a, he's useless. Like he he doesn't know how to do anything. He doesn't know how to bloody yeah. toast any so bread. Wait, so, so you're saying Alio where's the trousers? No, I was just saying that Spencer does because he kind of well, I don't know. How would that work? Wearing the trousers is who's who's bringing up like who's the most responsible in the relationship. Like who's the oh, breadwinner? Oh, well, Ali then, yeah, yeah. Okay, who will be the new host after David's abysmal performance? Here's the thing, Josh. I don't ever want you to replace me, man. We're we're in this together. We're business partners, regardless of performances, man. <laughs> we ain't sign no contracts, bro. We ain't sign no contracts. If, if, if I make a team and you don't, man, I that, I think nothing less of you. You know, you're still a great friend. I now see how difficult it is for uh, for Brooks to sign his own with no reductions. You know what I mean? So for me, I think Dave should have some reduction clauses. Um, but well, well, <laughs> I took I, off uh, my headphones and do yeah, not know what you said. No. So I, uh, you know, there, there's been chat on the Brooks Beast team that um, the reason we haven't had Henry win on here is because he would be he would be what the fans want as a as a second host. But what I will say is Dave is a hardworking, very talented uh, podcaster, and I don't think I'd ever be able to replace him with someone better. Yeah. Plus, you always you always fuel a lot of banner. Did you guys hear that? Josh adores me. <laughs> Josh looks up to me. like He's like a little brother to me, and you guys heard it here last. It's true. 1v1 drinking the most beer who wins. Josh is an endless, bottomless pit of beer. <laughs> he can drink Blue Moons till he dies. Well, like, do you want to bring up what happened at Julian's wedding? Yeah, go for it so my guy ribich uh is trying to take me on at these drinking games and is just getting pummeled by me is it was it me and julian no yeah. it was me and joey no you and joey so it was we we're at um our boy julian uh flores's wedding julian nicole's wedding beautiful wedding we were there months ago now and uh it was the day after the wedding it was really nice and warm so we were just outside drinking beers playing lots of games and dave was dave was losing every game that we played I think ended up shotgunning like four or five beers within Shotgun like six, six beers in like maybe half hour. And, uh, sounded it pretty well, didn't have any issues and kind of just went on as, as life went. So, you know, knowing Dave, I think before that you had a bad track record, but I think, you know, you handle your drink pretty well. And, uh, when put in a tough position, you're able to, uh, not embarrass yourself. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a good spot to be in. I appreciate it. Yeah, we need to get some beer sponsors rolling, and we need Blue Moon to put a little logo. If Blue on Moon sponsored me, that would be insane. <laughs> Jesse Gellman, four of a mile USA versus UK. We yes. this is literally an, a bring up of every episode. I know, but it's been so. I just got tagged in something now on Instagram. I think people really jump on that stuff, um, and I feel like I'm the only one driving it. But <laughs> I, I, I just think it would be a cool race to have. To be honest. Um, but there's not really much time this year. Yeah. Biggest yawn on the beast team. 
You want no one, dude. No, there's a yawn. Go on, say it. Okay, I'll say I'll say the guy if you say the girl. Uh, okay. I think Drew is the biggest yawn. Biggest yawn? What would you define yawn as? The guy just plays Fortnite, hangs out with his dogs, and goes hunting. Like it's like a good lifestyle. It's his lifestyle, but I'm not like I don't see his lifestyle like I should watch a TV show. Oh yeah, so you yeah. watch my TV show, keeping up the cares. Oh, that would be a great TV show. I, w- I would watch that. I would watch a TV show of you. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, woman Marta's crazy uh, and has a personality coming out of her ears, so that's a no from her. Uh, Ali B is just like, sorry, Ali A is how I like to describe her. Also, personality going crazy. Ali O, I mean, all of them are the same. I think Nia, I would say, is probably got like the the least Mm -hmm. extroverted is probably the best way to describe it she's a headphone gal you know plus whenever i try and banter her i think she always takes it the wrong way and i don't like (laughs) it's as if you're bullying who who sent that submission like when bantering becomes bullying me when it hurts oh that is from you another great quote (laughs) um we'll skip another central question because we got respect and we got less time are we the best uh, scramble out of the UK? Yes, we are, Rick. I scrambled yesterday and I was two under. Oh my God, with my clubs. Well, yeah, we didn't hit your club though, to be fair. Um, what is more fun, beating Dave or beating Central? Beating Dave, 100%. Uh, it feels every single time. If if, if, if Dave had beaten me this last race, I don't think we'd be podcasting today is all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> what happened to you in Edinburgh Cross Country 2016? Uh, well, I beat Laura on your split, so... You, I mean, you, you, you can figure the rest out. Um, I beat her by a second. It was a big dub for me. Uh, it was a four by a K cross country. She ran 302. I ran 301. A home, home course um, in front of a, in front of a great Scottish crowd. It was fantastic. Who wins in a 1500 if Dave has a hundred meter head start? Hey, you're not splitting 10 seconds on the final hundred of that race. You didn't see me, dude. So. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say I would win. Because... But you're front running. Remember this: you're front running for the first part. So you're front running a 15, and I have a pacer. So it's like put put the race on again, and then you're running. So actually, you'd probably run faster solo. I would probably run faster solo. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave. <laughs> yeah, baby. Josh admits I'm the superior host and the racer. I um, mean, with male. that, this episode's gonna be probably like 90 minutes long. Shut up. Actually. Shut up. No. <laughs> Um, someone did ask though, who does a better impression, David imp- impersonating Josh or Josh impersonating David? Do you want to close out the episode, Josh impersonating me, um, as a, as a closeout? This is putting you on the spot. Uh, I, this is actually on the spot. Like this ain't no pausing, is it? Cause we never do that for thinking of titles for episodes. Um, yeah, I will. I'll give it a go. Okay. <laughs> I don't, oh, Okay okay let me think i want to get the right dialogue for this and uh i want to get this right (laughs) i don't i don't want to do a voice because i feel like that's kind of like trying too hard you know just get into it well you know like uh the the goal is is like obviously like um you know i'm gonna go out hard and and i'm just gonna give it leave it all out there and and you know um you know i'll just you know yeah it didn't go great um well the thing is the issue is is like but I mean, I, Josh is, you know, and it, it goes like, well, that's how it goes sometimes. And uh, <laughs> fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs>
you know, none of that sounded like me until the last phrase. <laughs> I know, I couldn't right. think of anything, dude. That's all I got. All right. Well, you want to you do me to finish it off? Because uh, you, know, you, you do me a lot, but... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bring it in. Um, This is your, your speciality. I'm not good at this stuff. All right, yeah, I'm Josh Kerr. Uh, yeah, today's race was good. You know, went out with a brisk pace, got on Brandon. Good teammate, good pacer. You know, he's got a good track record of that. Yeah, we just uh, came out here to run. Uh, I think I'm 6-0 against Centro. You know, I, I don't really know him. I don't keep track of that, but other people do. I, I just write it in my notes, uh, 6-0 Centro. Uh, you know, I put the zero on in the end of his name because, you know, he has never beat me before. Um, and, you know, I love my girlfriend, even though she uh, is never mentioned. I want everyone to know that I am physically and emotionally taken. Um, and it's something that I hope um, she can... Um, can know um, when she's finishing her doctorate degree and will be the breadwinner of my entire life. Uh, yeah. So my brother's in rugby, my mom loves me um, and I am a good racer and a bad podcast host, but you know, you win some, you lose some fuck me. Am I right? Olivia. And then we're out. <laughs> and we're out. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll just name the episode something clickbaity. We won't even do it here in a three, two, one style. Yeah, because you guys have already listened to it, so you you can hear us saying that we're gonna make a click, but hey, fooled you. Gotcha. We didn't even we didn't even mention that stuff. We should just say Centro's a guest and just not even have him here. <laughs> I know. Sue us. All right. All right well, funny. good episode, Josh. I'm gonna delete everything you said about me, and uh, it should be a good good episode. Absolute pleasure. Bye. Good night, mate. See you, Bonnie Lass. Uh, Josh big fella, have fun on your side. All right, here, David Ribich. Josh Kerr. David Ribich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest C2, 1,500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Ribich. <laughs>